halashing for halas? Want to braai or fine dine? Stay tuned to High FM on 101.9 Tuesday mornings from 11am for Essen Fressen where it's all about the food. Good morning, I'm Adrian, and this show, believe it or not, is live from Salt Rock in KZN. So I was privileged to be able to take a little break um, with some family, and we've come down to the coast where, let me tell you, it is hot. The humidity here hasn't let up at all, um, but I'm enjoying the sunshine. So today I wanted to talk about how food affects our mental health. And I'm not talking about clinical eating disorders. Those are serious issues that need to be dealt with professionals. I'm talking about rather our lifestyle and behaviors on any given day. Have you heard the saying, you are what you eat? Well, this is true in so many ways. Eating healthy prevents you from becoming hangry. And hangry is what happens when you skip a meal or eat foods that cause severe dips in your natural blood sugar levels. You don't even have to be diabetic for this to happen. So the brain and our GI tract are very closely linked to each other. The GI tract, which is our stomach and the digestive organs, is sometimes called the second brain. And the reason we say that they're so closely linked is that the GI tract produces bacteria that influence the production of chemicals in our system. And two of the chemicals that are going to make us feel good are called serotonin and dopamine. Now, when we eat good, healthy food that is marginally processed, these foods are going to help us produce the good bacteria, which in turn produces good chemicals, and that is specifically the serotonin levels. This is in turn making us feel good. It also helps us stay healthy. So when we're on antidepressants that are medications for whatever reason, those are producing the serotonin chemically because whatever we're eating is not producing enough. And this is an important differentiation. We produce a certain amount of serotonin due to the diet that we follow, but sometimes it just doesn't meet the requirements of our body at a given time. So we need to take the supplements the way the doctor prescribes them. What happens when we eat the bad food is that highly processed or high fat, high sugar foods, they produce bad bacteria in our body. And this in turn produces dopamine. Now dopamine, while it does increase the dopamine in our body and we feel great while we've had it, it gives you this sugar crash. Your dopamine level drops off and suddenly we feel really, really terrible the negative feelings return and we'll often feel guilty um, if we've eaten something we know we're not supposed to and now we're feeling bad again. So one of those things is like when we're depressed or feeling down. So a lot of women especially, but men too, will turn to things like chocolates or sweet delicious ice cream or rich cheesecake or chocolate cake as a comfort food. And the problem with that is the good feels won't last long. And afterwards, We're left more down and obviously the guilt about the sugar binge is going to make us feel even worse. So how do we know what foods are going to make us feel better? And how does that work? Is it going to be short-term, long-term? What's going to happen there? 
what happens is good food improves our moods long term. They also improve our energy levels and the ability to concentrate and uh, improve our health in general. And this is if you're feeling healthy, you're going to feel energetic, you're going to most likely be in a good mood. Happy cycle, not a vicious cycle. And the way we get to that is through things like eating whole foods. Now, we keep hearing this term, especially when it's connected to diets and everybody's talking about whole food diets and this, this, and the other thing. What are they talking about? What is a whole food? How, how is that going to help me? What a whole food means is that they are minimally processed. They're natural. They generally do not have artificial coloring or flavorings. It is all natural. Um, and one of the things we can think about is going to a function and there is a beautiful fruit platter. Now, you're not going to go to a function and the fruit platter is going to have green melon, some kiwi, some green apples, and maybe some green grapes. Nothing appetizing about that. However, if we now add some more color to that, because we need to have at least four colors on a platter to make the food look more enticing, we want to add some reds like the strawberries and the dark blue of the blueberries and some yellow from the pineapple and then your green of your melon or kiwi or your grapes. And those will entice us more to eat. So our orange melons and our oranges, all those kind of things, just bring us closer to look at the fruit first and then to start eating it. And a simple example is a bowl of oats. It's this gray sludge. But what about when you add your golden honey or your beautiful maple syrup to it and then some red berries on top or even some blueberries on top? We're talking about a whole different experience from the exact same food. And that is quite an important aspect of eating. So you do need to be very aware of what we're looking at. Think about the smoothies. You get your different colors, but what happens if you use fruit that generally doesn't have a lot of color? You're going to get sort of like a very washed out color, you know, unless it has a really strong smell to it, and then you're going to want to, to eat it. So when you're doing, say, a banana smoothie, and you've got other vegetables in it that have also no color, so you've got banana and some honey, which is very little, and your white yogurt, your, your plain yogurt, it's not nearly as tempting as seeing a pink smoothie or a bright green one, one that is full of color, whether it has the deep smells of your banana. The pink one would probably smell like strawberry in general. We're going to more likely have those than the plain ones. Another factor in our health is fiber. And that's a term that's thrown around willy-nilly by everybody. But what does it do? So it helps with digestion and it gets our stomachs going, our gut going, and it helps us avoid those sugar crashes by preventing the sugar being absorbed into the body and used in the wrong way. Let's put it that way. Now, fiber is often found in the skins of fruits and vegetables, and it's an, an insoluble fiber, which means we actually don't digest it. It's just used as a clearing agent. There is soluble fiber, which is foods that have got fiber that you would then um, be able to eat and get benefit from over and above what the insoluble fiber gives you. But here are some insoluble, mostly insoluble fiber options that are really, really good for you. So chickpeas, lentils, split peas, 
oats, apples, pears, almonds, chia seeds, and avocado. Now, if you look at the list that I've just given, most of those have some kind of skin, like the almond skin and the apple skin, um, you know, your split peas, your lentils, your chickpeas have the skin. One of the things you need to be careful, though, with the oats is instant oats are not a good option of fiber. They are filled with sugar. Um, even uh, it sounds healthy. I'm eating oats. But your instant oats always, if you have a look at the packaging, have sugar in. The ones that you have to cook yourself will generally be just oats with maybe a few things uh, like vitamins or, or supplements put into them to just make them a little bit better. The next topic is the antioxidants, which is another term that is thrown around by everybody. And antioxidants are foods that help us fight the pollution in our bodies caused by things that damage our, our body. And those are things we're getting from our ozone layer that is depleting, from smoking or being around smokers, and from metabolizing unhealthy foods that are thought to help prevent or reduce the risk of cancer. So that's what an antioxidant does. It's supposed to reduce the risk of cancer. Antioxidant foods are things like berries, leafy green vegetables, and a limited amount of tea. Omega-3s, which are good antioxidants, are found in fatty fish like salmon and tuna. And even canned tuna would fall into this. And then dark chocolate. It's a brilliant antioxidant when eaten in small amounts. The more pure the cocoa, the better. So a 70% or above dark chocolate is a great treat. And because of its richness, most people are unable to have more than a piece or two. Please remember that even though it is an antioxidant, it still contains a bit of sugar. So that is an important thing to remember. Chalashing for chalas? Want to braai or fine dine? This is Essen Fressen. It's all about the food. Good day. You're with Adrian Bugatti. And today I'm talking about foods that help us with our mental health. So I've spoken about the antioxidants and fibers and all those things that are going to make us feel good. About foods, choosing foods with colors that are going to encourage you to eat. The next thing. Uh, item that's going to help you feel good is something called folate or vitamin B. So for those women who've been pregnant, you'll have heard of folic acid. It is a similar thing. It is in the vitamin B group and it helps us with bone density and bone development in the fetus. Now, an easy way to find folate or vitamin B if you're not into taking tablets is it's found in melons, in lentils, and in green leafy vegetables. Please just remember that getting our vitamins from food is not always going to be enough. It will depend on lifestyle. It will depend on how much you eat and what combinations you're eating and also your general health. So that's an important part to remember that you're not always going to get as much vitamin B as you would really like. Um, from a normal diet. However, it is possible to stay healthy on literally a vegan diet, which is living on lentils, melons, green leafy vegetables. I know it's a common excuse that people would say, like when they see a vegetarian, they'll say, oh, but their vitamin B must be down because they're not eating their meat and all of those kind of things. 
it is possible to remain really healthy on a vegetarian diet. You do not need meat as much as we love it. The next vitamin to help our body feel good and to make us feel mentally more aware is a vitamin D. Now, vitamin D is something we can get easily in South Africa. It is everywhere outside our houses. It helps our body produce serotonin, and we get vitamin D from being in the sun without sunblock, and then from mushrooms. Now, mushrooms are a great substitute if you're vegetarian for meat in meat dishes. But being out in the sun for too long without sunblock is obviously not recommended. But we still somehow need to get our vitamin D. For some reason, South Africans who in the past, we never had vitamin D deficiencies. It just was unheard of. All of a sudden, children are breaking bones that they wouldn't have broken 20 years ago. They're falling and breaking a bone of things that we would have done as kids and we managed not to break anything. So what is the difference? Well, the sun block blocks even the good sun rays. So there is a way to do this without risking sunburn and therefore skin cancer. And that is spending one hour a day, either before 10 a.m. or after 3 p.m. in the sun without sunblock just for one hour. The reason we give those times is because between the hours of 10 a.m. and 3 p.m., our sun is at its strongest in this country, whether it is winter or summer. So just because they're clouds does not mean there's no UV. We used to do is ba take our babies and put them in the patio so they were still on the, under the shade, but they still were in the sunshine and getting their vitamin D. And this leads for bone strength. It produces serotonin, so we feel good. Most people prefer sunny days to cloudy days. There are a few that are the other way around, um, and that's called seasonal affective disorder. And there we go, our vitamin D affecting our mood. Another one to affect our mood is magnesium. And a decrease in magnesium in your body can also lead to symptoms of depression and anxiety. So good sources of magnesium are almonds, cashews, spinach, banana, beans, and cocoa nibs. So why not snack on a handful of almonds, or if you're feeling flush, some cashews, and have a positive effect on your day. You don't feel guilty for snacking, and it helps your body. Now, one of the trends coming up in food at the moment is specifically fermented foods. And when we think of fermenting and foods that are fermented, we kind of often think of them as going off. And you are quite right. But sometimes there are certain foods that we actually want to ferment before we eat them. And when you think about it, sourdough breads, the dreaded sauerkraut, which I actually quite like, and the trending food culture of kimchi and kombucha, as well as miso and tempeh from the Eastern cultures. These are all good fermented foods, but they still need to be eaten and drunk in moderation as they do have extremely high sodium levels which develop during the fermentation program. Now, fermented foods help our gut be healthy. It helps us digest better. It just gives us a good feeling of general well-being. Now, everybody asks, you know, they want to cook healthy, but there's just no time. They're always in a rush or they don't want to cook just for one person. It's kind of boring. Don't blame you. 
but there is a way to do it. Despite foodies being all into only using fresh ingredients and there's nothing wrong with frozen veg, you know, you, you shouldn't have frozen veg. I'm telling you now there is nothing wrong with frozen veg at all. Uh, we go through a lot of it in my house, especially frozen peas, because what will happen is the girls will want an afternoon snack or something and they'll take some a bowl of frozen peas, stick it in the microwave, and there is their snack. And what a great snack to have, rather than going and looking for biscuits or chips or chocolate, which I know they would prefer, but the peas are in the fridge freezer and it's easy to microwave and eat. Things are, so there's the frozen veg as your veg component, and now you need starch because that's what we've been taught. So starch can come in healthy options, but you want something that's quick, something that's not going to take you a long time because you don't want to spend 20 minutes cooking a starch. So then there's whole wheat couscous, which is different to Israeli couscous, so be aware of that. Quinoa, which is very quick cooking. And even the par-cooked flavoured box rices take about 10 minutes at most and it's got all the flavour in it that you could want to add to your meal. Now, we're, in fe- we're about to head into February. Everybody in January goes on their wellness kick. We're going to eat better. We're going to exercise. We're going to do all those things. Exercise is definitely going to help increase your serotonin levels um, and make you feel better. It is proven, even though the first like 10 minutes of exercise you want to drop dead and you're thinking, why am I doing this to myself? You are going to feel better. Says me who doesn't exercise, but that's okay. I'm better at do what I say, not do what I do. We've all tried changing our eating habits. Some of us have gone quite radical and gone on these strict diets and really most of them don't work. There are a few that do and are considered quite healthy. One of them is um, the Mediterranean diet. The keto diet, which can can only be done really, really well as far as I'm concerned, is under guidance because it is a difficult diet to follow. But both of these kind of require like an immediate adjustment to your eating habits. And I'm more into the slow and steady, small changes every day or even every week rather than major radical changes, obviously, unless you have a mental uh, medical issue. So something small, swap out your packet of crisps for a handful of nuts. Exchange your white rice for some basmati rice. Believe it or not, it is healthier than white rice, and it's tastier too. It's a low GI rice, so that even though it looks white and it's got a good yummy taste, it is still much healthier. And then making sure your pasta is a durum wheat or semolina wheat pasta. These are very, very good if you are suffering from things like bloating when you eat pasta or breads or anything like that. You just don't feel comfortable. You'll find when you're eating whole wheat or semolina or the durum wheat pastas, you are going to feel a little better and less bloated. And then keeping hydrated. Now, we've all heard eight glasses of water per day. Well, this is a problem because not everybody can have eight glasses of water per day. And when do you decide that your child is old enough to be drinking eight glasses of water a day? 
if you think of a two-year-old, they are they get their bottle, some of them, or they'll get their milk. That's usually three glasses. How do you feed an, a two-year-old eight glasses of water per day? It's not a healthy thing. So when you're looking at your hydration, you've got to take into account where you're living. What is the heat like? I'm obviously going to be drinking a lot more water down here at KZN than I would in Joburg because of the humidity, which does take your, causes you to sweat, and therefore you are going to lose a lot of electrolytes and fluids. But take into account your size. If you're a tiny little person, eight glasses a day means you're going to be swimming in liquid. And remember, how much coffee are you drinking during the day? How much tea are you drinking during the day? What other things are you drinking? Are you having soup? Whether it's hot soup or cold soup, doesn't matter. Those are fluids. Those are good for hydration. So please be careful with that. Then take into account also what kind of activities. If you are a person who goes to gym a lot, then yes, you do need to obviously drink more fluids because you're going to sweat out what you have. But there is such a thing as too much water. You can overhydrate and cause other health issues. And they can be major health issues. So we need to be aware of those. Another good thing on keeping our mood up is not skipping meals. We've got a habit of doing this. And this is where we get the hangry from. Is you're working at your desk. You've got a deadline. You just don't have time. You're running around doing lift schemes at lunchtime. There isn't time, but you're still managing to feed your children. So why can't you feed yourself? Just remember that. That's an important thing. If you're doing the intermittent fasting, then obviously you're doing that under guidance and that will work differently about skipping meals because that is a planned meal break. Let's put it this way. You are not starving yourself. How much tea and coffee do you drink? Caffeine is actually in tea and coffee, and caffeine is dehydrating to your body. There are certain teas, by the way, that actually have as much caffeine as coffee. But the general rule is that it contains about 50 milligrams of caffeine in a cup of tea as opposed to 100 milligrams in a cup of brewed coffee. Different coffees will also have different levels of your caffeine, and then you can buy decaffeinated teas and coffees, both. The last one that I talk about in liquid form is your alcohol. Alcohol is a very dehydrating thing because alcohol usually contains sugar. And for anyone who knows science, it works by drawing the sugar, draws the water out of your system and into the sugar cells or to the sweetness, to dilute it, and it can dehydrate you so that you've got less, you know, you're just feeling bad, and this is what causes hangovers in the morning. And it's why the, the advice when you're drinking a lot the night before is before you go to bed, drink a liter of water so that you have less of a hangover in the morning. Please remember to drink responsibly and not drink and drive. The success of a new eating lifestyle or a new eating plan depends on how you implement it. If you are the kind of person whose willpower for sweets and chocolates and the healthy options available 
is um, quite low, then I would suggest not changing your eating habits overnight. And once again, it's unless you've got a major health issue and it has to be done quickly, slow and steady, one thing at a time, even if it takes a week per habit to change. Don't introduce it all. It's, it's important. Um, I've gone from like having a glass of Coke every single day to only having it on Shabbos, but I don't like water. So I've compromised. Sparkling plain water, because for some reason the fizziness gives the water a bit of a flavor and I'm okay to drink it as long as it is ice cold because I just don't like water. And the thought of cutting up fruit and soaking it in my water, just, I don't know, for some reason, it's never caught on with me. Now, a few years ago, I read a book that talks about mindfulness while we're eating. It's a book by Morel Juliana, and she wrote the book, French Women Don't Get Fat. She talks about how the French are very mindful about their meals and their meal times, so that while the French food is typically very rich and full of gravies, their obesity rate is one of the lowest in the Western world. It is slowly changing. They are as they become more, I don't know, you can't call them westernized, but as as fast food places open up, you are going to find people who are definitely going to be gaining weight. It's not saying that everybody in France is skinny. And one of the reasons that they have such a low obesity rate, even though they are eating all these rich foods, is the mindfulness when they not only prepare the meal, but when they sit down to the meal. And she's talking about even as a single person, which is how she, you know, when she wrote what she wrote the book about was during her teen years or her early adulthood. And she said one of the things that the French do is they set their table to sit down and eat. Even if you're on your own, set the table. You put your food on the plate so that it looks pleasant. Don't just slop it down because you do eat with your eyes. You focus on the taste, on the textures, on the aromas of your food, and you savor your meal. You do not focus on the TV. You turn off your phone. You don't even read a book. So maybe the meal will only take 15 minutes, but you've enjoyed it, it's been peaceful, it's been quiet, and you've savored your meal, and you've given your body time to absorb it and to enjoy the tastes of what you have prepared. So I took two of her recipes, and I thought I'd share them here with you. And the first one is called Pain Perdu and Cherries. Now, Pain Perdu is basically a bread. It's sort of their version of a French toast, I'd call it. So the ingredients are 100 grams of cherries rinsed and dried, two large eggs, two cups of regular or low-fat milk, a half a teaspoon of sugar, a quarter teaspoon of vanilla essence, half a teaspoon of cinnamon, four slices of leftover dried-out brioche. Now, for us here, Brioche is not always easy to find, but brioche tends to actually be referred to when they're talking about colors. It 
Well, the difference is though that the challah is not made with milk, which brioche is. Brioche is a milk bread, which if you're keeping kosher, you aren't going to get. But challah comes a good close second because of the richness and cake-like quality of your challah. A tablespoon of butter, four tablespoons of maple syrup. Please try and make sure that you're using real maple syrup and not a sugary synthetic maple syrup. Four sprigs of fresh thyme. You can use a half a teaspoon of dried thyme instead. And two to three tablespoons of creme fraiche, which is almost like a, a sour cream. And this recipe makes for four people or four servings. In a large baking dish, you're going to beat the eggs, add the milk and sugar and the vanilla and cinnamon. You're going to mix all those well. And you're going to dip your brioche slices into each until all the liquid is soaked up, like I said, French toast. You're going to heat butter over a medium heat in a non-stick frying pan. And you're going to cook your bread on uh, both sides uh, for two minutes each. Reserve it. Keep the same pan. Add the cherries. Cook over a medium heat with maple syrup and thyme for two minutes. And to serve, you pour your cherries onto the brioche slices, top it with the creme fraiche, and eat it immediately. You're listening to Adrian on the Essen Fresen Show. Chalashing for chalas? Want to braai or fine dine? This is Essen Fresen. It's all about the food. Wasn't that song just perfect for a food show? I love it. Jazz and food together. So a second recipe that I took from... Um, Muriel Giuliani is her feta, leek fettuccine. It's a three quarters of a packet of fettuccine, so it's about 350 grams, six tablespoons of olive oil, 450 grams of leeks, using the white parts only, cut into two centimeter pieces, 100 grams of Parmesan cheese freshly grated. Now, I tend to use the vegan one that we can get here because it is actually cheaper. Um, and it does taste pretty good when you're when it's in the cooking. If you're doing it as a, a garnish, it's not as fantastic. Salt and freshly ground black pepper. And then if you want to make it meat, you can do eight thin slices of brisket for garnish. And then um, an optional choice if you want to make it vegetarian is to use sliced brown mushrooms. So very finely sliced. Use about 100 grams of those and they'll work out beautifully and give it that meaty flavor that we want from replacing the meat. This is also a recipe for four people. You're going to cook your fettuccine in salted water according to your instructions. Meanwhile, you're going to warm the oil in a pan and saute the leeks over a medium heat until they are translucent. When the pasta is ready, you're going to toss in the leeks with the cheese, salt, and pepper, and then you're going to serve it immediately with your mushroom or brisket as a garnish. Very simple, very easy, very quick to cook. So it is the perfect meal for somebody who's on their own. And since it does serve four people, you could actually put it in the fridge, and if you don't mind eating it like every second day or every day, it should last you the entire week. Or you can always share it. If there are two of you, then you've got two meals out of it. 
Now, we often tease the vegetarians about being vegetarian, but many people who move from being omnivores to vegetarians often say they feel better, more energetic, and they can focus better. So in an article from Harvard Health website written by Eva Salob in 2022, I'm going to paraphrase it, she talks about you are what you eat, which is how I started the show. And she likens our bodies to a car. You do not put diesel in your petrol engine as it will damage your engine. So too, unhealthy eating habits damage our body. Using low premium fuel in our car affects the performance of the car. And this is also true about eating too many overprocessed foods. It does a lot of damage to our bodies. How does Shabbos affect our bodies? How does the meals we serve on Shabbos, how is all that going to affect us? And that's an important thing we need to think of. Shabbos is our time to reconnect and rejuvenate for the week ahead. Now, it doesn't only involve davening and going to shul, but it also involves the company of friends and family with big meals to be shared. And it's something we need to pay attention to. Have you ever noticed that you often eat healthier on Shabbos, even though you're eating more than you do during the week? The food we prepare is low in preservatives most of the time and additives. It is exceptionally healthy, whether even if you've deep fried fish fingers, it is still a lot healthier than what we've eaten during the week. And that's an important thing to pay attention to. You know, except if you're serving like sort of cold meats, then obviously those are processed. But we tend to have that in such small rations that it, it just is not a problem at all. Now, you need to remember that your Shabbos meal and going out during the week are going to be very different. And we'll talk about that more now. Chalashing for chalas? Want to braai or fine dine? This is Essen Fressen. It's all about the food. Welcome to the sh- to me talking about your food and your mental health. And we were talking about how Shabbos helps us rejuvenate and reconnect for the week ahead. So how is that different from going out with friends during the week to a restaurant where the food is prepared, it's beautiful, it's fresh, You're, it's the same friends. Why do we feel more relaxed, more ready for the week after Shabbos with all these guests where you've spent hours together than we do when we've gone out with friends and had a really good time? And I'll tell you what it is. It is because during the week, the meal, it may not feel it, but it can often be rushed, especially you've got to get home in time. You've got to get enough sleep to prepare for the next day. You've got the kids to worry about. Your cell phones or everybody's cell phones are going off. Even the people in the, the other guests that are there, even if they're not at your table. Where on Shabbos, your meal is leisurely. It's restful. There's no interruptions. There's no cell phones. There's no multimedia. Yes, for the hostess, it might be a little bit more stressful because she's got to get all the food out. But the food is prepared already. So all she has to do is put it out onto the table for us to help ourselves. And, and that's an important part of our mental health is that time to just chill, to relax. And that's what Shabbos is. So you have to remember that your Shabbos meal doesn't need to be this expensive, excessive 
heavy meal. It can be delicious, it can be healthy, and it can be light. So here's a suggestion for a possible Shabbos meal. Yochala with dips, like hummus, tahina, great, very healthy options. Fish balls and fish fingers, yes, they are fried, but it doesn't matter. And that's for those people who need to have a fish course due to menagim, or they choose that way. You can also just have a single dish, especially in winter, of a warm Moroccan fish. Sorry for those who don't like making Moroccan fish each week. But there it is, a vegetable cholent to serve even in summer for the people who are machmir on having something hot for Shabbos lunch. And it could be beans. It could be just plain root vegetables. It's just a warm side dish to go with your cold meat. And in winter, obviously, you're going to do chicken or meat as your hot dish. In summer, we prefer cold meats. I must admit, I do prefer buying things like pastrami and brisket and, you know, the steak and as opposed to the cold cuts, which are like processed cold meats like polonies. Zucchini kugel can be eaten hot or cold. And this is a way to get your vegetables in. You can serve it at night and then you can have it cold at lunchtime. A salad, whether it is a green salad, which is very easy to prepare, or a coleslaw where you can buy the shredded cabbage to make your coleslaw. If there are any leftovers from Friday night that can be served at lunchtime, what a great idea. Just bring them out, less leftovers. And there's no law that says you can't buy pre-cut, already-made stuff to make your life easier. Your only restriction is basically your wallet, and that's towards the end of the month. Remember, what you spend on Shabbos will come back to you, but don't go overboard. It is very important that we eat well, we enjoy the food, we relax, and we have a good time with our friends. And until next time, eat well, feel good, and stay healthy. You're listening to Adrian Bugatti on the Essen Fresen Show. Chalashin for chalas? Want to braai or fine dine? This is Essen Fresen. It's all about the food. You've been, you joined me, Adrian Bugatti, on the Essen Fresen Show today. We were speaking about food and mental health. So I hope you enjoyed that and I hope you will look carefully at what you're eating and don't make too many drastic changes. We don't want you to suffer. We want your mental health to improve. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm Adrian Bugatti.